Live from the Old Church Concert Hall in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. So on my birth certificate, it says, Father Unknown. And it's not that I don't know who my biological father is. In fact, I was born on this small island in British Columbia, Canada, with only a few thousand people. And when, and my mother had been living on that island with my father and his four kids. And she accidentally became pregnant. And when she told my father, um, he said he did not want a fifth child. And she left his house and they split up before I was born. And when I was 18 months old, and my mom was 32, she moved from Canada back to Los Angeles, where she had been living before she had met my father and moved to Canada. And it was just the two of us. Um, she was a single mom, and her family, we were pretty isolated. Uh, her family lived in Cleveland, Ohio, and she wasn't very close with them. And so it was just the two of us, and she was the kind of parent that was, it's my way or the highway. And uh, oftentimes, I took a back seat to her other priorities. And by the time I was about seven years old, um, I was used to putting myself to bed, or she would put me to bed, and then uh, she would leave uh, and go to work, and sometimes work till 10, 11 at night. And then I would, uh, I was always the first one up in the morning, and I would wake up and she would still be sleeping. And so uh, at seven years old, one day I, I woke up, uh, and my mom had not come home that night. And uh, her bed had not been slept in, her car was not there, um, there was no note. And I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't know who to call. Um, and uh, I didn't know her family's number, I didn't have like a contact. And I really thought she had died. I thought she had been in a car accident and uh, that something had happened to her. And so I panicked. I was so scared, and I, and I immediately thought, well, okay, well, if something happens to her, what happens to me? Um, and I, I knew that there was no proof of my biological father, and that I wouldn't go to Canada, and I didn't know her family, and I just was really, really afraid. And so she did come home, uh, she had been across town several miles away. She had spent the night um, at the house of some guy she had been dating. And I was in tears. I was sobbing. I was inconsolable. And her first reaction was to laugh and to tell me, you're overreacting. And it was kind of around that age that I, I got the impression that um, I kind of realized that I couldn't rely on my mother to uh, be the kind of person that understood me or that um, I could rely on to be the kind of mother that I needed her to be. Thankfully, when I was nine years old, my mom started dating a guy named Steve. And Steve <laughs> was the kind of guy that um, my, he was, he was, um, 
the kind of parent that my mother couldn't be. He was understanding, he was uh, patient, um, and he quickly became my super Steve when he took my side in, in some argument between my mother and myself. And, um, you know, some, some silly thing, you know, but he turned to her and he said, you know, I think you're being unreasonable. And that just meant so much to me because someone was taking my side and um, it felt so validating. Uh, and Steve and I share this real passion for history. And uh, in sixth grade, I had to do a project on, you know, how, does your, how did your family come to America? And I did not have any connection to my Dutch biological father's, you know, my heritage there. And so Steve lent me his family story. He lent me um, the oral traditions. He's a secular Jew. And so in this report, I wrote about uh, his family escaping the pogroms of Eastern Europe and coming through Ellis Island and settling in New York and then coming to Hollywood, California, where he grew up. And to this day, I know far more Yiddish words than I know any Dutch words because of the, the things. And it meant so much to me um, that he lent me those stories. And he was amazing at helping me with my homework. I mean, you know, my mom and I, every time that, that that was breached, it would end in, you know, her yelling and me in tears. But again, Steve had this patience, and, you know, we battled through algebra, and he would stay up proofreading English papers till midnight, and um, really helped me excel in school. And I knew I wanted to go to college, and that college was gonna be my escape from LA. And so, um, by the time it was time to apply, I applied to schools in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, I got in and I took the one that gave me the biggest financial aid package, and I landed in Forest Grove, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, super cool place. <laughs> um, in that first year, uh, my, my mom and my super Steve, they moved to Seattle in a series of very messy and devastating events. They split up. And I found myself in uh, the December of my sophomore year. It's uh, the holidays. The dorms are closing. And I, I have no family and no home to return to. But I was really fortunate also to have Super Steve's best friends, uh, Lynn and Lawrence, who lived in Portland. And uh, they opened their hearts and they opened their house to me. And they, they said, you can stay with us. And um, they put me up in this tiny, it's the tiniest room in their house. It's just big enough for a tiny little, uh, Twin, twin bed, they had emptied the drawers so I could put my things. And it's called the Saturn Room because uh, on the eastern wall, from floor to ceiling, there's black wallpaper and this giant Saturn, you know, with the rings and these little glow-in-the-dark stars. And I, I laid in that little twin bed and I looked up at that Saturn and I felt so lost and desperate, um, but with the unconditional love that I felt with Lynn and Lawrence and them just listening to me and uh, telling me that, you know, this too shall pass and 
uh, I started to gain this sense of comfort and um, just really felt that unconditional love that they afforded me and I felt safe and I felt this sense of belonging. And so then the next year, I really wanted to study abroad, and I had been working my way through college. I had taken out student loans. Um, I was on food stamps. I was, you know, just getting by, um, and I didn't really think that I could study abroad. Um, I just was really worried about money, and um, my Steve and my mom, they also weren't very supportive of it. But Lynn and Lawrence said, yes, you can do this. If you want to do this, you're young, you should do this and they wrote me a check for $1,000, and that just made all the difference. It just gave me, they, not only did they say, we believe in you and you can do this, um, but that check just further um, told me um, that they believed in me. And it was really at that point that I started to refer to Lynn and Lawrence as my fairy godparents, <laughs> and I still call them that. And so I did, I studied abroad in Ireland, and it was in Ireland within the first week, I met this, uh, this tall, athletic, uh, handsome Frenchman named Ben. And he, <laughs> and, uh, he, had, he played hockey, and he had this brown, tousled hair, and he was very self-confident. Uh, but I was a little, uh, you know, I was like a little skeptical that he was, you know, being serious. And he did a couple of things to actually uh, gain my trust. He, uh, he broke up with his French girlfriend and kicked her out. <laughs> and, and he quit smoking, because uh, both of those things, I was like, this is going no further until those things are out of here. And uh, we became intimate pretty quickly, and like, yes, intimate in, you know, this sense, but, <laughs> but emotionally intimate. Um, and he revealed a lot of his, you know, he revealed very quickly um, some of his biggest insecurities, and he said, uh, you know, Niani, I, I am 22, and uh, by the time I am 25, I would be chauve, I will be bald. And he said, en plus, what's more, I am very airy everywhere else, like a bear. <laughs> <laughs> and within the first couple weeks, he asked me to wax his back. <laughs> and uh, we have been together for 16 happy and airy years. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, and uh, it was my third year in college uh, that I also formed my Schmappa family. And uh, I was living first year off campus, uh, living in a house, there were four gals and a guy, and we decided we, you know, the Greek system, unlike in Matt's college, the Greek system was like kind of a joke. And there were maybe two fraternities. And so we decided, well, let's make our own. So we, we decided we were going to create a Sorora frat. <laughs> and we decided on the name Alpha Schmappa Schmappa. And if you know Greek letters, that spells ass. <laughs> and we decided as the founding members, we were going to be the ass masters. And our pledges were going to be the assholes. 
And so, um, you know, uh, once we graduated, uh, those gals, uh, a lot of us had come from out of state and we stayed in Portland. And so um, those ass masters, couple of our assholes, we stuck around. Um, and we have built these traditions. We go to the coast on spring break. We have annual camping trips. And uh, it's, it'll be 20 years of our family next year. And then and the next generation of Schmappas is being born into this wonderful group of people. So in this world, there are really two kinds of family. There's the family that you're born into. And in that department, I wasn't so lucky. I do not speak to my mom. We don't really have a relationship. Um, and my bio dad is really just the common denominator between myself and my uh, Canadian siblings, who I actually have pursued a relationship with as an adult. And then there's the family that you choose and that you create, the people that choose you and you them. And in that department, I have been so, so lucky. And uh, I have my super Steve, who uh, remarried and recently moved to Portland. I have uh, my fairy godparents, who have been such an integral part of my life and still are. Um, I've got my Benny D, and we've been, we've been married 13 years, together 16. Um, and I have my Schmappa family, and many of them are here tonight. Um, and so at 37, uh, I feel that I always have a home that I can go to.